All right, let's welcome everybody into the Real Kipper and Born Show Leaf Edition. Wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6 Eastern Time. We are so glad you are with us. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, all with you for the next two hours. You know, I got to say that right off the top of the show, like when I walk in, you guys make me laugh because you take one look at me and you check me out and you're like, uh, different shoes, a vest today. <laughs> JB, you go, you're getting a, you got a haircut. Like, what's going on? What's going on? Because we want to know because yeah. our lives are so boring <laughs> and you always seem to have something going on. You know, it's January, and if you're not showing up in galoshes and whatever, you're going somewhere, and I want to know where. <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> Sam apparently has no. Sammy's microphone. out of the loop. I, just, I don't know. Let hey me, guys. Let me just hey. let me just set the stage. Oh, I'm back. For, are, um, you, are you? All right. I'm back. Yeah, you look good today, Kipper. If I told you something, Kipper, would you believe that I talked about the Leafs on New Zealand radio today? No. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. He, he talked. What so, was the guy's so name? This, I would talk this to my boy Logan Swinkles. Old Swinkles. Yeah. Swinkly. Old Swinkles. It didn't uh, stem from a wrong number. No, no. The guy follows me on Twitter. He somehow loves the Leafs, and he has a radio show down there. And I went on. Like, with the Leafs. That for cannot you. be hit, striking a chord in New Zealand. Like, they, who is they, that playing to? I, they were doing their around the world thing. They went and did okay. something on the Lakers, and they talked about the Leafs. They asked me about Otani at one point. So it's that's exciting stuff. Yeah. So my life's not that boring. Not I that was on boring with the Kiwis. I would also like to clarify that I greatly aspire to have a more boring life. Have you looked outside? Yeah, it's horrible. It is like, I need to like snort some vitamin D or something. <laughs> I, it is depressing out there. You got to go somewhere? Well, Ugh. I'm going to take in uh, the Leaf game. Okay, uh, that's fine. Well, I was, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to San Jose. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, fair enough. I was surprised at the amount of people in the office today. Walked in. I was like, there's a good crew here. Usually on a day like today, yeah. it's a little quiet around here. But uh, hey, You had trouble pulling yourself out of the sheets today a little bit. Uh, well, you 11 know, p.m. game for, for the zigzags last night. 2-1 uh, overtime victory. Nice. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, the show's going to get exciting in the next 30 minutes. Uh, Jason Demers, former NHLer, uh, who does uh, some great work with the NHL Network, is going to come by or at least call in. Because we got be on Zoom. Because we got Brian Burke coming by physically yes. at the top of the hour, which will will be great. Uh, but uh, Jason will answer my question. Who's on the Sharks? Who's on the Sharks? <laughs> what happened to the Sharks? He might not know who's on the Sharks, but he might know what happened to the Sharks. Yes. So coming off uh, again, the official news of Willie Nylander signing a mammoth $92 million contract, the Leafs. Back to work tonight against the San Jose Sharks at Scotiabank Arena. And uh, I don't know. I mean, is this going to be just one of those based on what we saw on the weekend? What were, were the dominated shots uh, to start the game? 20, 22 to 3 or something ridiculous. It's worth noting that the Leafs just had their best road trip of the season. Maybe their best stretch of three games of the year. And yesterday we maybe said nine words about it. So... Yes, they went out in San Jose and took it to the Sharks. But, I mean, that was quite the trip, was it not? The, did you see anything out of this Leafs team that made you go, okay? The, L.A. Yeah. The game against L.A., and I don't know if L.A.'s 
pulled back a little bit. They've come back to earth. They haven't won in five straight. They haven't, right? Really? Would have loved the Leafs to have beat them when they were hot. So yes. I think, I think that may have to come into play as far as Anaheim and San Jose. But they I don't. Their they handled their business. And for the most part, they've done a terrific job the last five years handling their business during the regular season. And I'm not taking anything away, but I, I don't know whether or not we can truly answer that type of question that you had. Was it you and JD or someone on another show in, that included you guys had a conversation on, are the Leafs now underrated? Is that, was that you? No, it wasn't me. Maybe it was JD. Some other generic okay. white I don't know. guy on sports <laughs> right. news radio. Do you think people are having th- that type of conversation, or is that even a fair question to throw out on our show? Of Have the Leafs turned it a is. corner where, to your point, should we not be talking about how great they were in California? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know where you're going with this because I can see the case for the Leafs being underrated when you go, you know, when healthy, that decor – been pretty good. Like Lilligren, Giordano over the last couple of years when they're on the ice together as a third pair, been pretty darn good. Benoit's been better. McCabe's been better. You could talk yourself into this team, but then you do have to take opponent into consideration. So I would say the Leafs are on the cusp of a cup contender. There's like a group of them there that you would say are cup contenders, and the, and the Leafs are right there. So I don't know where people see them, but that's, that's where I got them right now. 40 games in. Are we going back to Elite League talk here? Like, Yeah, who, I think we are, ones? Sammy. I think we are. Do we just, need to create a new league? Um, I, I think... Was that the first year we did that, or was it the second year? I again? think a it's a show, legitimate it point, once again, is out of 32 teams, how many are bona fide Stanley Cup contenders? How many are on the cusp? How many are just challenging to be a relevant team? Come March. Mm-hmm. Well, I look at the standings here, and to me, it's a pretty clear cut. Like, you go the top 10 teams of the league, then it goes to the Kings, and then the Kings are 11th, and then it's the Islanders at 12, Flyers, pe- Predators. Everyone I'm looking at here, I'll go through, you know, Kings, Leafs, Hurricanes, Golden Knights, Dallas Stars, Florida Panthers, New York Rangers, Avs, Canucks, Bruins, Jets. You could see all those teams winning the cup. Well, the top ten teams in the league, you could see. Uh, yeah, and yes, like you concur. Like it's still shocking if somebody happened to be in a coma at the beginning of September <laughs> and woke up today yeah. and heard you say Vancouver and Winnipeg, yeah, as legit cup contenders. But they're legit they're as any fourth. Probably go back to sleep. The Canucks. I know we're going to get to that in the yeah. second hour, but my God, did they lay a beating on the Rangers last night? Yeah, skilled team. So, but. But are the Leafs and I'm in that not sure if people yes. are really convinced still that Vancouver has what it takes to win a cup or even Winnipeg for that like wonderful run and very consistent, a heck of a lot more consistent than the Leafs mm-hmm. over the course of what 35 games now, I guess. That Veronic and Zadorov trades, 37, plus 38 games. We when we talked to Bruff whenever that was, yeah. and there was like a guarded. Yeah, he right? wasn't ready to say think, this is real. And I will say, I think there's a little bit of that here, too. Yeah. No, where, no, no. Compared to what their experience now, the Leaf fans are world beaters in the last five years of, of 
being guarded. Oh, yeah. They've seen 115 points before yeah. get flushed down the toilet in April. Yeah. So I think they're the kings yeah. of, of guarding. But this is the weirdest year, Sam. So you listed 10 teams there, yeah. the top 10 that you think in terms of points right now that could win the cup. Mm-hmm. If you go beyond that, the Kings are at 11. You put them oil, in that class. I guess Oilers are 20th. The Devils are 12, 15th. Talk me into it. The, the Lightning are there. The Penguins are 19th. The Oilers are 20th. Like this year, as much as any, it's a wide open field. But you got to do a lot of talking to get the Penguins and the Lightning into that conversation with me. No. Huh? No, no, I've today. watched them play. Both those teams play a lot. Like they're yeah. just they're very possible making the playoffs teams. Like yeah. I think, they, but like winning the cup is a different thing to me. Anyways, and where are you on needing to see more games like you saw in California, where you're just yeah, they're the better team over sixty minutes. Mm. Like well, we're we're also factoring in that they're they lead the league in lack of success during regulation that they've needed to come back late on a few occasions or needed overtime. Does that, do you, does that factor in? Do you care about the fact that they only have one more regulation win than the Ottawa Senators? Is that current as of today? Because, I mean, they just had three regulation wins in a row. I got to believe they're starting to pull away from that group a little bit. I just, I, Sammy, really, don't, I really don't care about how yeah, they win. I do. Like, well, I just think- I do. It's... At this, like outside of having the conversation where it's like none of this matters because it's all the playoffs for this team as it is. Yeah, but it does we, matter. Well, no, it doesn't because really. you carry habits from your regular season into the playoffs, Sammy. Yeah, you don't flick a switch. No, you're right. But I think you know you getting hot at the right time has a lot to do with it too. Where you look at last year with the Panthers getting hot right at the right time, they go deep. They're a good team clearly, but they weren't as good as they were in the playoffs all year. Like, it's just getting hot at the right time, having oh, your injury. No, it is. No, There's so not. much of no. that, Kipper. Yes, there yeah, is. It's getting hot at the right time yes. with the right habits, Sammy. But you know what, Kip? Last year, their habits, they went to California and got their asses handed to them. You know, so this has to be taken as a positive step to say, we've been losing way too much to these bad teams. They went out and played a 60-minute game three times in a row. Uh, I mean, they... They have just looked over that stretch to me like a team that was like, yeah, you know, we can't keep handing away points. And I think there's some encouragement. Yeah, and there's 45 games to go, guys. So yeah. plenty of time to start working on the consistencies. And tonight, what does tonight look like? Is it continuing business as usual? Is it coming from behind? Is it needing to go to Mitch Marner and Austin for 24 or 25 minutes? Vancouver looked real good from their from their top line to their bottom line last night and managed to come back not only soundly beating the Rangers but doing it with everybody under 19 and a half minutes. Yeah. Like well, take a look at their lineups. Like they got a ton out of everybody without needing to go to the wall with their stars. Like, where do the Leafs start looking now moving forward? If I had access to my computer, I would look up the times the guys played. No, in that's San what Jose I'm doing right now. In Anaheim, because I don't know. They, went, they were really low. Yeah. They were really low in that okay. game because we talked about it on Leafs Talk after. Like, I think Marner was around 15. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, oh, they were really low. Yeah. yeah. T- tonight, I'd like to see Max play 17 minutes. Yeah. You know, we're kind of getting to that point. You've talked about how this team is going to get enough points. 
One thing that's been really encouraging is the Leafs have given up one five-on-five goal, uh, I think, over the last four games. They, they've been playing well. So, yeah, now that you feel like they have things, their house in order, let's get Max a real game. I want to see more Nick power Robertson play time. get back in. Sure, let's, let's start to put some guys in some different spots and kind of figure out, particularly against San Jose, not to take them too lightly, but I think putting guys in different situations kind of gets their attention a little bit. It's almost a way of waking them up and saying, you know, we need you, we need you to pay attention tonight. So I would like to see some changes too there. Okay, we're going to discuss Martin Jones's workload. He'll get the start again tonight. Uh, before we do that, let's go to uh, Sheldon Keefe for our first Kippers Clipper of the day. Yeah, I think he's handling it great. Uh, handled it great, certainly on the road trip. Um, there hasn't really been What's much of a workload in the last few days, I think. You know, going into the game tonight, it's he's only played one game in the last five days. So, um, to that as from that aspect, I think he's, you know, feeling good and rested and obviously confident. So, easy decision to keep him going. See, I knew he'd come in with a like a standard cliche answer. That's why I asked you about your password on your computer. (laughs) (laughs) Was that on air? air? Yeah, like, see that little black thing that's around me? When you say things, everyone hears it. You gotta press the button off. I've told you this. I'm not a professional (laughs) host. I'm just pretending. Like any corporation where you have to change your password every nine seconds, it doesn't always go smoothly. So I'm just, you know, guessing on stats today. Okay, so... We thought we'd see the Hildebeest at some point. It doesn't look like it's happening. I don't know if it if it will now. I don't. How can it? If they're not going to play him against the Ducks yeah. on the second half of back-to-back, not at home, on the road, how are they? they're not going to start him on Sunday. But I think part of that was like he had just joined the team. He hadn't seen NHL shots. Let's get him in practices, get him acclimated. Okay, you've had a week with the team. Yeah. Maybe now it's like... Now, play him against the damn yeah. Sharks tonight. For I, I think it's a mistake. Uh, it's just, you know, something that we yeah. haven't really yeah. looked at much. Hold on. You would play Hildeby tonight? I want to see. Come on. No. Ju- I'd like to see what he is sure. at this level. And, I, and I'm not going to base anything on one start. But let's just say for one second that they're – Samsonov's done his little stint and he comes back and he's no good. We're, we're, we're right where we were two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's extremely possible, by the way. Well, it's That's not, probably so the most why, likely why, scenario. Why, why the delay then? You just, you just pushed everything back. Now we still got to give him his first game. Yeah. We got to see what he's like. We got to see him handle certain situations. Why, why not do it now? Why, why potentially have to go to it a week or two weeks from now. And it feels like, let's say Jones, you know, he's he's been wonderful and they're going to rely on this guy as a backup or whatever. If there's an injury or two, you're not that far away from Hill to be playing a meaningful game for you. And so game 40, 41 against the Sharks, which is an AHL and a half team, you know, it's the perfect sort of get your feet wet. I, I'm with you, Kip. I, I just think... Let's at least just get this out of the way. Rip the Band-Aid so off. So you, you, Sammy, are assuming that Samsonov's going to come back and it'll be happily ever after with their goaltending situation I, with Martin, uh, Wool coming back. and I don't think that. I don't think. Like, I'm looking at the schedule here for this week. Three games before the back-to-back, right? They go to Long Island after tonight. Then they play the Avalanche on Saturday. And the first start that Jones won't do will be that Sunday night. Like, is there a potential 
the guy who's starting that is not on the team yet? Like if Sunday I, night, Sunday night, like I don't Samsonov, I, don't you think? I don't, I don't think it. That's way too soon. Okay, let's let's go to Sheldon Keefe on a Samsonov update, and we'll pick it up after we hear this. Clip two. Uh, just you know, going to take it a day at a time. He's actually, I think he's on the ice at Marley's practice right now uh, with those guys, um, which is sort of a, a step for him as he's been kind of just skating on his own and and uh, spending some time uh, to himself. Uh, so you know, that's that's the plan. I can't think he can speak any lightlier he's on eggshells. He's just spending than... time by himself. Okay. Um, he's now taking practice with the Marlies. <laughs> it's a big step for him, practicing yeah. with the American Hockey League team. They're pretty nervous about where they he's They are at. really nervous. Yeah. It's almost dis- disrespectful to not, like, think the guy can, like, handle some adversity, some criticism. Like, he's in the pro, he's in the highest level of pro hockey. He can, if you can't handle some level of... We need him to be good. We need him to get in there. We need him to play a game. We need him to stop pucks. Then what are we doing here? Yeah. Toronto market. I, I just think he should have had some good practices down there and then just put him in a Marley game over 60 minutes yeah. and let him clean up some technical things. Okay, I get it. You want to build them up between the ears. This week should have been sufficient, but let's see the technical part. He struggled technically. Are we under the impression that everything that he's battled technically is only because he could not clear his head? I've seen some great driving range players (laughs) who can't take it to the course. You know, it's some great hands around the practice green. Yeah, yeah, you got to get it into gameplay at some point. where do we think that start's going to come for Samsonov if, in fact, they feel like he's I good to go? I honestly think they don't want to play him in the American League because they're worried about what happens if it doesn't go well there. And the American League isn't like it's in St. John's. No, it's, it's here. down the Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think he's got, like, Samsonov's getting an AHL start. I'm telling you right now, there's eyeballs on that baby. Yeah. It's not like it's he's going to Bakersfield or going somewhere. Like it's a it's Toronto. He's not escaping like the eyeballs. Right. There'll so, be Leafs writers at that game. Like it's gonna be a thing. They're gonna ask to talk to him after. It's not an escape. Yeah. So you mentioned that he won't start against the Islanders on Thursday. Nope. He will certainly not start Saturday night against Nate. Correct. The Nate Dog McKinnon. Yeah, no, he will not. And McCarr. And Sunday against Detroit at home. A game that we'll be doing, by the way. Yes, we will on the television. That'll be fun. I, right? Do you that's not you think that's an easy game? No, Sunday? I don't. But do you back think to back? Do you think there's any chance it's not somebody from the Leafs that makes that start? You think they'll be that active in the goalie market? Well, they need a goalie here. Pretty bad. Kill the beast. <laughs> I just it's still I a possibility. Like that, to, yeah. Like, I feel like they're really, they're huddling hard, as Living said yesterday. They're huddling. It's like maybe they're huddling to find somebody else. Yeah. Well, good luck, because uh, we've considered all the options, and there's no easy answer. if I'm going to tell you right now who I would choose between Hildeby and Samsonov on Sunday night. Ooh, I'm excited. 100% Hildeby. Yeah. No question. It's just too soon. He hasn't played in a game. He's been skating by himself. It's like, you're fixed. It's like, no. Well, the longer you wait, the worse it gets.
Do you want the Sheldon Keefe clip? I've not heard it yet on goaltending. Of, uh, uh, so it was more of a big picture one. It's okay. We're, we're, okay. Let's talk about Robertson. All right. Well, let's. You you, you want to go decor JB or you want to go uh, depth up front? Well, I'll go ahead and say, you know, I tweeted about Nick Robertson today. So I'll kind of back that up. Is that all right? If we go there? Absolutely. I think it's stupid he's not playing tonight. Stupid. You know, he is, you know, it, it, San Jose is kind of this AHL and a half team I joked about, but they're a bad team. They're the worst team in the NHL. Robertson has struggled getting out of his own end. He spent too much time in that end of the rink. This is not a great team. It's a, it's a game where he could play in the Ozone more, maybe get a few more looks, maybe get his mojo going, and not even get his mojo going. Just contribute offensively, and whether your goal is to use Robertson as a player or to trade him, in either scenario, you want him to have some good games, right? So a third straight scratch, he wasn't that bad before he got scratched. He'd scored twice two of the three games prior to the scratch. Apparently there's some apparently there's some sickness going through the, the crew. So oh. like there's a potential chance he plays because of that. Okay. But your point still stands. Yeah. So Where it's like he's not they're picking Holmberg over him. Right. They are picking Holmberg and they're picking McMahon, who yeah. you guys know how I like McMahon, but you know, what are we doing Robert with Robertson? If you're gonna keep him or trade him, you need to get him going. Why don't we listen to Sheldon? We've got a, a, a quote on Robertson. First of all, be confident and feel good about what you've done. Like, he's found ways to produce for us. I think he's shown that he can play in the league. Um, I also, you know, I don't know that he's really fully separated himself from the pack, you know, and, and that's kind of the next piece. I've talked to him about importance of, of uh, taking care of the puck and being able to execute plays. He's an offensive guy, so, you know, uh, when there's a chance to make a play or a pass or a shot on goal, like, you know, to me, a lot of those plays have sort of slipped off his stick or haven't quite been smooth, and it's sort of disrupted the offense, which leads to more having to defend more. Um, that's so that's what I'd like to see, you know, from Nick, and, and that's sort of the next uh, next stage for him. But he's he's fit in well in, in the spot he has. It's just when we're looking to to get uh, someone like Holmberg a little more of an opportunity, it's okay. Where can we where can we uh, make a switch? Where does it make sense to make a switch? Okay, they've they have invested in him this season. He's played twenty four games. He's scored five goals. It's not horrible here. Are they are they done kind of proving him a little bit if they want to throw him in on a deal? Is that is yeah. that where Sheldon is? Well, we've we've got enough of him now where under different circumstances he could be a better scorer for you on our team. He's averaging 15 goals. Yeah. Well, that's that's the sell is that he's his current pace is a 15 to 20 goal pace. He's barely playing with us. Um imagine what he could do for you. You know, that <laughs> would be that would be the sale. That's really good. Yeah, thank you. I, Sold vacuums or anything? <laughs> Don't you hear him like being like we want a guy that plays defense? Yeah. Because it's like they gave up so much defensively from yeah. this past offseason to what they signed this offseason, where it's like, we can't have another offense first guy in the bottom six. Like, we need a guy who's going to wow. play in his own zone. Because I see a team sometimes really dependent on four guys well, to I mean, score. It's always, that's the whole thing, though, Kipper. That's I mean, that's when they're paying four guys 11 million bucks next year, that's the whole plan. But they've also paid a lot of money in the past, and it hasn't been enough. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, with, What's the point here then, Kip, though? Like, yeah, I you don't know. know like you want Nick Robertson playing well, there in the playoffs? It's like pick your you know, 
pick a side. Yeah. How about that? You know, I think there's a legitimate case to be made for Nick Robertson that he has been handed a very challenging role. Play on the third line, which we want to play some defense, play 10 minutes per game or less, and contribute offense, you know, and don't play on the power play. It's really hard to score at five on five in this league, let alone when you don't play very often and you're on the third line playing with, you know. It's a chicken and the egg thing, though. It is. Play better, earn more, for sure. I I, I hate to say this because I haven't felt it all year till now, but, like, I wouldn't hate to see him play a little bit with, say, Mitch Marner or play a little bit with Austin or whatever. Get some run with the offensive guys. Just have a look here. Or at least show another general manager that's like, he plays with a really good player, he can shoot it in the net. Yes, absolutely. Give him a chance to play with someone who likes to pass it because he doesn't. <laughs> Let yeah. him shoot it in the net for you. But you don't want to. You can't break up that second line at all. We got a, we got a clip from Sheldon on uh, on Pontus Holmberg. Mm. But before we get into that, I think I've made it pretty clear. I've always liked this guy. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Sheldon didn't give him a spot. And they didn't like his camp. Keep it. You say he didn't, they didn't like his camp. There's something that they didn't like. Yeah. No question about that. Well, the the 18 year old beat him for a job. Or 19-year-old, Minton. So that was Okay, good. Just, just take it easy on that because it's all in the eye of the beholder on who beat what. And well, like, what? There was something to be said that they probably... They literally. They, they, they unprecedented they, they, put a rookie kid in the lineup yes, over him. Yes, they did. They did. For whatever reason, who really knows for sure, maybe they were setting him up what to uh, have an asset go to the World Juniors because he wasn't really a lock prior to the terrific camp he had, could they, have, could they be setting them up for a potential trade down the road? There's different reasons why, you know, you pump tires up on, on certain guys. Like, not to take this completely off the Do rails it. here, Do but he, Minton did not have a World Juniors, and it was very well noted by a lot of people. He didn't have a good World Juniors. No, he did not. He, he was okay. quite... Quite Excuse bad. me? Quite bad. <laughs> just kids. They're just kids. They're just kids. But um, he okay. was quite bad. Which usually doesn't happen with, like, really, really top and blue chip prospects that a guy like Sammy can come on the show and say he was, he was bad. I know you're not saying this, but I do read, I'm guessing here, if, in fact, then he, they don't have a lot of assets and they really love Matthew Nyes and the guy that he could become... And they love Cowan, right? Cowan's a future whatever. Who wasn't great at the World Juniors either. Right. Yeah. But could Minton then be a guy at the deadline that they go, okay, we a, can turn this into a real player? A lot more realistic today than prior to the World Junior Championships. I can tell you that. Yeah, three or four bad games, and they're like, yeah, I'm not sure about this guy. I mean, I was on record before the season started that I would trade either of them for upgrades at the deadline. Yeah, absolutely. Now let me ask you this: bef- before we get to the the we, Holmberg, we gotta clip. go to break soon. Okay, <laughs> just yeah, we, nobody cares. <laughs> well, we do. We'll just relax. Relax, our <laughs> producer. I'm telling you, we have a guess. The uh, A second rounder in Minton for Chris Tanov, and you resign Chris Tanov. One more time. Excuse me. One more time. Baking One powder. One more time. <laughs> Chris Tanov yep. and Minton yep. for a second rounder. And a second rounder. Second rounder in Minton for Chris Tanov. I would do that if the Leafs had a second rounder. And you lock in. Okay, a third rounder. Done. 
third rounder. Done. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. They don't have a second. Immediately done. Where's Tanev in his career? You know? Yeah, but are you getting Giordano at the end, you know, out of him the last year? I don't know. I'm a, I'm doing Listen, that. this team I'm is I'm a lot more excited with Chris Tanev and Morgan Riley to start the playoffs than as Fraser is. Minton in the minors and a third rounder who could be nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no. Uh, no we'll okay. go to break. Let's, Let's go, break. go to break. Yeah. Okay. Thank Sammy you. called I appreciate it. it. He's Thank the you. producer. And then after, we're going to welcome in uh, Jason uh, Demers, former NHLer who does uh, terrific work with the NHL Network. We'll talk a little San Jose after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptors show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Right back at it. Let's welcome in Jason Demers, former NHLer. 700 games. Made way too much money to be hanging out with us (laughs) right now. But uh, good on you for making time. Thanks for doing this. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I uh, listen. I never forget where I came from. So it doesn't matter how much I made. Atta boy. Um, how many teams? Four or five over your career. Uh, the the first one, the Sharks. Like, what is yep. going on with the San Jose Sharks? You know, Jason. It almost seems like uh, what mid '90s when they shocked the world, beating Detroit in the first round. They they never really looked back for the next 15, 20 years. And now we look at the Sharks as if they're a 1991 expansion team all over again. Yeah, I mean, it's chalk it up to contracts of trying to get out from under and and trying to replace it with youth. And they're uh, they've made no qualms kind of about the the route they're going to take and rebuilding. And they put some pieces in place, but I mean, I think it's a lot longer than people think. And you know, it's it's crazy because when I started, we were, you never think that, I mean, we lost two games in a row and it was like the sky was falling and now it's, you know, they're, they're creeping up on another 12 game losing streak. So I know they're frustrated there. I know the guys, I talked to a lot of the guys that are still on that team and, and it's, it's tough sledding for them and, and they're just trying to kind of keep it positive and, and find some silver lining here, but it's, it's tough as a as a professional athlete to to play night in and night out, especially with the belief that you're kind of going into lose and you're kind of lambs to slaughter. So uh, I just hope they kind of figure it out a little bit more and and try to go on a run here. I I feel like them going on the road right now is probably the best thing, and it's a long season. They still have a you know half left, and I think uh, the only way out is through. So. Anybody who's played kind of knows that, and you just kind of got to put your head down and, and keep working night in and night out. But, you know, I don't – the answers are uh, – there's too many answers, and but it's hard to kind of apply all of them at once. So they're trying to take it day by day and, and minute by minute here. You know, what's the mindset for a player in that sort of situation? I just feel like it's tough to uh, play for the good of the team, block the shots and be responsible and all that when you you kind of know you're playing – for your next year, right? You're playing for the next team or the next contract, and it's it's got to be very easy to kind of think individualistically when you're on a team that's just not going to win games. 
Yeah, and and the one you know, I've been part of a team. You know, I was with the Coyotes when we kind of went on that that big losing streak. And the one thing I've always learned, and and I learned throughout my career, is somebody's always watching, and there's always scouts at every game. Doesn't matter how many games you lose, and and you know, I know plenty of scouts that are watching guys night in and night out. So you are very much playing for your next contract and and the contract of the guy next to you. So you really do have to. Uh, check your ego out the door a little bit and and make sure that every day you're coming to work because it is a job at the end of the day. And and no matter if you, it may seem to them like the sky's falling, but still a privilege to play in the NHL and, and be there. So you kind of got to, you got to make sure you just come in and, and put your work boots on because you could say all the cliches you want about, you know, you got to work and you, but it's the only way to get through this for them. And, uh, like I said, it's somebody's always watching, especially the the management there. And, and if you want to be a part of their team moving forward, uh, you really have to toe the line. And especially now, because, you know, everything's under the microscope microscope for that for that management team in regards to kind of watching players. We're talking to Jason Demers, former NHL are now doing uh, terrific work with the NHL network. Uh, you probably know that San Jose market better than most here after going through stretches of 15, 17 years of being a top Western team, how are they handling this? Like, you mean the fans yeah. or like the, yeah, the, the, yeah uh, the fan base? It's, it's hard. Cause you know, people, you wouldn't generally associate like a hockey market with San Jose, California, but it is so rabid fan. It's such a rabid fan base and, and they're some of the best fans in the league, but you could see that, you know, it's, it's kind of wearing on them a little bit and especially it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard when you're part of a, a team that's kind of been in the playoffs and been competitive for so long, not necessarily getting the Stanley cups, but they've been there so many times in the past 10, 10, 15 years. So it's to have this drop offs pretty tough and, and, you know, California and, and these other kind of nice weather markets, you could kind of say and argue there's other things to do. So, you know, fans will only hang around so long before they spend their hard earned money kind of going to see something that that's not working. But, you know, I've been to a couple games there. I'm about to go do about a two week stint um, in studio with them. And, and, but I've been to a couple of the games this year in San Jose and the fans still come and they still support their guys. And you can still see the one thing I'll say about the sharks team is they are working and they are trying. Uh, I don't know if it's system based or it's just personnel based, but guys are working their, their their butts off. So it's like it's hard to get mad at them. I don't think I think fans understand and they're smart enough to know what the team's doing and what the organization, the direction they're heading in. So, you know, credit to the guys for sticking with it and and, and at least working hard and and making sure that they're trying to pay attention to details. But it's tough coming in night in and night out. I've done it once with losing, you know, 10, 12 games in a row. And man, is it tough, especially when you're like out of the playoffs in November. Cause you're these games now, are you know, it's, it's really to your point, uh, you're playing sort of for yourself and, you know, for the city, you're playing for the fans because you're trying to, like I said, it's a privilege to play and these people are paying their, their, their hard earned money. So you got to go out there and, and give them a show and, and play for the, the city that's been so welcoming to this team for so long. Jason, we're in our uh, Leafs hour portion uh, of discussing things right now. And I've seen that you've shared some, some tweets about the Nylander contract and all that. And so I'll just get your thoughts. It's the big story up here. What were your thoughts when you saw that Willie got 11 and a half times eight? 
about dang time. <laughs> oh yeah. But what else this guy had to do? Uh, I mean, it, I understand the cap situations and they're already kind of, you know, now they got like 46, 47 million tied up with, with four players. So it's, it's tough, but you can't lose a guy like Willie Nylander. I've, I've watched them now for, you know, the past couple months and, and really he is their, the engine that drives that team. I know Matthews is their pure goal scorer and, and he's, he's a moose and Marner really does do a lot on the defensive side of the puck as well as, as setting up teammates. And he's a very talented player, but Willie Nylander overall is just such a game breaker that you need on, on your team. And he's uh I'm a I'm a fan of the signing. I know now they're going to really kind of be in an issue to to free up cap space, and I feel like it's like who's the odd man out now with with the signing. It, it could be Mitch, but you know I kind of lean towards Tavares. But how uh, how they deal with this, I don't know. They're I know everybody's kind of been clamoring for them to get defense and goaltending, and and uh, that is number one for them, but. You had to sign him. I just think he's such a great player. I think he's their best player. Uh, he's really coming into his own uh, more and more every year, and he's kind of defying expectations. And for a guy like that to come in with with the looming contract talks and and them, they've kind of always been playing a game with him in Toronto, and, and for him to kind of block out the noise and play the way he's played, I feel like getting this kind of cloud away from him might just open him up even more, and, and he might be even more dominant and, and free playing and you know i could be wrong but i'm a i'm a big fan of his and i'm like i said about damn time so you're uh you're 35 right 35 years of old age yes sir okay so you're the perfect guy to answer this question because there's a sense that uh according to my good friend here jb that uh we're in an era now where the players just don't give a crap about team discounts or saving some for the team. I think it was Elliot anymore. who said that yesterday. Was it know. Elliot? Yeah, don't put that on me. <laughs> All right. You, Elliot. You know, mess your hair up a little bit. And, you know, a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it. You coming out of, you know, the last few years of, of, of your career, was there a sense, because you kind of lived through the whole salary cap thing, so, you know, is, is there a sense that, Nobody cares anymore about that, that the players want to be paid what they're supposed to be paid. And you just said it off the top, you know, you love it about time and yeah, we want to see that. But like, is, is that happened now that teams don't waste your breath coming to me with a discount? Because I know some of you are dumb enough that you'll just blow it on a bad signing anyway. So I'll take it myself. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't think so at the end of the day in terms of, I think guys are kind of dictating where the market is. And listen, I'm a, I'm still, I haven't fully gone management and on the media side yet. So I still root for the players to, to get one over on, on teams all the time and, and guys getting paid what they're worth. But, you know, with the hard cap and, and a lot of this, we could have ironed out in the, in the last CBA talks. And if we kind of imposed some sort of luxury tax and I've seen a lot of people kind of post, but, but you know, we are where we are and the CBA signed and it is what it is. So I think guys are obviously weighing those options, but the way the league's kind of gone in recent years, I found what there's, there seems to be more turnover and, and you're seeing less and less older guys and you're seeing more and more young guys kind of get these longer deals, which what I started was you needed to play six years 
to get that huge deal. And now, you know, you got to have one or two good years and you're going to get signed to a long-term deal because it's more, it, it looks, it's, I think it's better for the teams financially to, to kind of have a young guy tied up for a longer contract. And, and it, it's a little bit easier down the line to, to trade those guys. But I, you know, I just think that it's, I don't think that guys don't care, but I think guys are more willing to get what they're worth and what, depending on where the market dictates. And I mean, listen, if a, if a team's going to make a mistake and, uh, you know, offer you a contract that might be more than you actually think you're worth. I mean, do you take it? Do you not take it? That's such a hard question. That's such a case by case basis. You know, I played with Joe Thornton and, um, I remember him telling me it was like my fourth, fifth year. He was like, listen, you can get paid, get paid. And he's like, the rest will work itself out. But he's like, if you can, you're only play this for a certain amount of time, this game, and it could be over tomorrow. You know, Willie could go on the ice and and something bad could happen. And if you can get financial security and, and he's like, take it. But, you know, obviously now that you've signed that deal, you have to earn that money. So I think there's added, added pressure and stress on a player to do that. But, you know, I don't think guys are sitting, we're not all sitting on a group thread being like, ah, how do we, how do we get the most amount of money and screw over these owners? We're just kind of going with where the market dictates us and, and taking what we think we we've earned and we deserve. And I think a guy like Willie, I think a guy like Willie in the open market would have made more than what he got offered. So I think, I think he did somewhat take as much of a discount as possible for how he's playing, but you know, there's, he's obviously loves the city and loves the team and to, to, to have still stick stuck around with that organization. And after kind of them playing on his heartstrings a little bit, I just think it's, he just took what he's kind of earned in, in these past few years. Jason, I'll uh, pivot a little bit and keep it with the Leafs, but go to a different area of the team. You played over 700 games as an NHL defenseman. Right now, Morgan Riley for the Toronto Maple Leafs is playing 24 and a half minutes per game. I think north of that, he's been super important for them. But what I want to ask you about is he has zero penalty minutes halfway through the season. What are your thoughts on the ability to defend and play that much and just literally never take a penalty? I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know if he's cutting a deal with the refs, but I would have packed somebody or got frustrated on one shift and taken a roughing penalty. But sure, I mean, he's so he's so important to that team. I mean, he's needed help for years back there, and and uh, I still think it's so tough now with with the signing is that they have to go. They still always need to go get D. They're always missing. Yeah. They're always missing a demon. It feels like and and. You know, they had some get Klingbergs out now and, and on LTIR, but he does so much and he's so smooth skating. And I think to be a top defenseman on the NHL, you can't, you have to manage your body. If you're playing 24 to 20 to 30 minutes a night consistently, you know, you look at like a Drew Doughty who, when he was younger, he kind of really, when he was younger and, you know, we kind of came in around the same time, he played a lot more physical than he does now. And he kind of realized that like, listen, I can play physical and, and I might reduce my career by three, four years, but I sometimes have to manage and, and maybe not run out of position to take a hit and also like not put myself in a position to get hit. So you almost, it's even more impressive because there's such a calculation and, 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 and chess playing when you're playing that many minutes. And, you know, I've done it. I played, you know, I had some years where I played more minutes and, and 
once you start getting into the 20 to 25 range, you really do have to adjust your game a little bit. You can't just be running around and you got to conserve energy and, and pick and choose when you go and when you attack. And um, I mean, it's, it's impressive that he's never, hasn't taken a penalty yet. So, and, and hopefully he takes one tonight against my shark <laughs> <laughs> and they score on it to finally get out of this slump. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's uh he's a great player. He's so smooth and, and, I think he's his defensive side of his games is underrated. All right, Sam, we've got an over under yet uh, on uh, Morgan Riley taking a penalty. Yeah, it'll happen tonight. We about it. <laughs> hey, Jason, terrific stuff, man. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks, guys. You have a wonderful, uh, wonderful night. Yeah, you too, thanks so much. Jason DeBarris, former NHLer, seven hundred games, and uh, just one of those solid guys yeah. that uh, everybody looks for come trade deadline. They could the least could use Demers in his prime right, oh, right yeah. second. Right hand shot guy. Oh, six yeah. one. Little nasty. Like it's, the perfect it's, guy. It's so funny. He was just such a like steady guy. Whatever team you're on, yeah, yeah. He's a good player. You know? Boys, made, you're made telling 30 me thirty some million. You're telling me like, you know, forty five games in, like someone isn't stepping on it's Morgan crazy. Riley's stick. Well Matthew just looking took his like first the other looking day. like you're come on. It's crazy. Jacob Slavin did this a couple years ago. I think he went like 60-some games but I will 20-some say, minutes. It's not like Morgan's not in, super engaged. Like, yeah. he is engaged, and I think he's been more physical than he's ever been this year, and, like, he looks like he should have had penalty minutes by now. But I think, to Demare's point, that when you're playing that much, you're not running at guys and crushing yeah, them, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you're a little bit more, okay, I'm going to play off this guy. You know, should I pinch? No, I'm going to back it off. Like, I think it takes I, I, you out of those moments. I, I think Morgan's, like, gotten so much better in the last little while on picking his spots yeah there's a couple on occasion sometimes he's got a habit of when he's in deep he needs to go behind the net to come back Mm -hmm. and that front yeah yeah, just other than that i think he's been absolutely terrific i mean he's you can make the case he's their most important player because the leafs d without riley is far worse than their forwards without any one of their big stars they could withstand one of the four guys going down for a while. Yeah. Morgan Riley going down for a while? They're like, well, who steps in there? Brody McCabe, top pair. Let's roll. Oof. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I don't, hey, I like both those guys, but it's just like By Riley way, This is... happened in playoffs with Muzzin when he was their, arguably their most important yeah. guy, and they said Marty Marinch. didn't have him. Got to play in minutes. Yeah, they got old Marty in Is the he day. still around somewhere? <laughs> Get me Marty Marinch. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a while. No. Do uh, you want to do the Holmberg thing? We don't have a ton of time. So. I don't care. Yeah, let's <laughs> listen to Sheldon talk about <laughs> the guy that I pumped up. Okay, well, you don't care. Well, you shouldn't play it if you don't care. That, please. What's that? Pontus? <laughs> yeah. Well, I told you I would have made an offer for him. <laughs> so you love Pontus? I do. But you think you do you think you should be playing over Nick Robertson? If I'm starting game one of the Stanley Cup yeah, playoffs, yes. there's not Pontus. a chance that. Uh, I play Nick Robertson over Pontus. Yeah. I'm hoping. That's, a, that's, that's always my vision. I, I don't care about a Thursday night, a Tuesday night in <laughs> Do you care January. About Saturday, night? Saturday night to January? Well, it depends on what the alumni serving. <laughs> <laughs> is it the fish or is it the roast beef? Is it Chianti or is it well, a nice That's the only port. thing I care about. I personally hope that neither Holmberg or Robertson are in the lineup game one. Of the playoffs because they've improved the bottom six. Well, we didn't play the tree living clip from yesterday. Yeah. He, he did have a quote that kind of made me go, oh. Oh, wh- really? Which and we was, didn't play it? Well, 
I'll tell you what he said. He basically said that you don't remake your team at the trade deadline. You know, you can kind of hope to make tweaks to it. And I went, oh, because the Leafs remade their team last year. Essentially, well, we were six on air or seven new players in an hour of our show from the four o'clock to five o'clock. It was a whole new team. It was like here's yeah. O'Reilly and they, Shen they don't and have Chari the assets and Lafferty. Sandine McCabe, was gone. Sandine's yeah. gone. They, they, they out. don't have the assets to do that again. He is correct. But we did see yesterday a very significant trade, albeit with a top prospect Ooh. in Cutter Goche. So we're gonna get to talk about that in the next hour as name. we welcome in studio Cutter Goche. Yeah. Okay, when I when I heard about that trade, my first thought was, what kind of name is Cutter? Well, yeah, it sounds like a Bond villain, kind of. Um, my first thought was, what what did who do? You know, like yeah. what, someone did something. Yeah. Well, we got Brian Burke in studio after the break. No one's going to want to miss that. And we'll get his thoughts on the Nylander contract because he has been on a bit of a trade him philosophy before the 92 was official. So we'll see if uh, if he's okay with it or not. All right. Very interested in that. The former executive of the Toronto Maple Leafs, general manager Brian Burke, in studio after the break. You're watching, you're listening to Real Kipper and Bourne.